What's up, my good peoples? Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're talking about ideas that stimulate wholesome thinking into identity, purpose, vision, and action. I am James Anderson, and today we're going to talk about vision. And we're going to talk about a couple principles, but the chief among them is when you can see the end, it's time to begin. These principles are super important, and the better you understand them, the less confusing this journey <laughs> will be. Um, we got a, a BT group that we're running right now, and we're reading through Miles Monroe's book, The Principles and Power of Vision. And, uh, man, if you don't have this book, get it and read it. This is easily the third or fourth time I've gone through it. And, uh, man, it's just fa- it's fascinating what you can forget you know, like what, like from thinking about like the first time that I read it, the things that impacted me and, you know, helped shape the course uh, of my life. And then, you know, just looking at how easy it is to forget some things. But other things, you know, it's like they've just, they've become a part of who I am, right? Like it's just like I, I read it internalized it and it became mine and that's like the point of of reading and studying and um yeah it's just it's fascinating going through this book because it's causing me one to look back on my journey from like when I first read it right when I was like when I was 32 I'm 39 right now so a few years back when I you know in when I started getting into this new information that really helped create um some of the core the core teachings that we talk about in in be transformed and just reading this book is just kind of takes me back um to that time and but then I'm, i'm also reading this book for the third or fourth time but like right now i have way more understanding than i did when i first read it and so just seeing you know some of some of my misunderstandings in the beginning um and you know where I got a bit confused and stalled out for at times and you know just not really it was you know it was like a mystery I'm like what the heck is going on (laughs) I got this dream I got this desire you know what you know but it's you know how do I fulfill it kind of concept and then I think about where I am right now and uh yeah it's all just very interesting not only that, but it's like the, the book has really like reawakened some things that went dormant for a time and um, has is, is been very interesting. And I, I think one of the reasons for that is this book and these principles are part of the fundamentals of Be Transformed. And fundamentals are things that you never stop going back to. You know, they're, 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 it's, it becomes the foundation that you build off of. So it's like the, the, when you go back and you review, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, you know, it helps you get back into realignment. It, you know, it's like there's, it's amazing what you can learn, what you can read. It can, it can have an impact and then you can forget, <laughs> you can forget what you read and uh, getting back into it has just been really good. And um, 
Yeah, it's very fascinating. You know, as we're talking about vision, you know, I think about my vision and I think about, you know, when I was 32 to now where I am and, uh, and the pathway that I've been on to get to where I am. And uh, it's definitely been a bit of a path, definitely been a bit of a journey. But this, this idea, right, that the end, when you can see the end, it's time to begin. So let's read a little uh, excerpt from this book, The Principles and Power of Vision. It says, the third key to understanding vision is realizing that not only ha has your purpose been given to you to manifest, but it's also been completed in, in an eternity. The following passage entirely changed my perspective on the fulfillment of vision. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning and from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. That's Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. In this scripture, God mentions two things that he does. First, he establishes the end from the beginning. That means that he finishes things first in the spiritual realm. And then he goes back and starts them up in the physical realm. Second, he reveals the end result of something when it is just beginning. I have noticed in scripture the principle that purpose is established before production. In other words, God first institutes a purpose. Then he creates someone or something to fulfill that purpose. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning in the end, we often don't recognize the fact that when God starts something, he has already completed it in eternity. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. We need to, re we need to remember his order of working. He first tells us what the end of the matter is to be. Then he backs up and begins the process of fulfilling that end. Just as a builder first develops an idea and a blueprint and then starts building. We can see this principle in creation. Everything was already finished in God's mind before he laid the foundation of the world. After he had imagined and planned how he wanted everything to be, then he initiated the beginning by creating the heavens and the earth. The earth and mankind. In the book Genesis, which means origin or source, we are really reading about the startup of the project called Earth. Those of you who are involved in project management know that startup is a significant step in the process of building. When you reach the startup phase, it means you have all the plans drawn, all the physical resources in place, and all the management resources in order. Before you start a project, all these things must be in place. Only then can you begin. When do you start building a house? Is it when you dig the foundation? Essentially, you begin building whenever the idea of the house is conceived. The finished house is still in the unseen. Other people pass by the property and they don't see it. However, to you, you understand and know what is going to happen. The house is already finished. Digging the foundation is simply the beginning of bringing your purpose to pass. Therefore, after you dig the foundation and someone asks you, what are you doing? Your answer is very definite. 
you point to the architect's renderings of the house and say, I'm building this. There's a street near where I live. At one time, there was a parking lot there. One day when I was driving along the street, I saw a large sign with a beautiful painted picture of a building. There was no building on site yet, but there was this big sign and the name of the building. It showed the landscape, the color of the building, the windows, everything. It was a very detailed picture of what the completed building would look like. The sign said, coming soon. I drove past the lot and sensed God saying something to me. He said, did you see that? I said, see what? He said, did you see the finish? So I turned my car around, went back to take a closer look at the sign. By showing the completed picture of the building, the construction company was revealing the end of its purpose. To have vision means to see something coming into view as if it were already there. The company had a vision for that building because it saw the finished product before construction had ever began. God essentially completed us before he created us. Not only does he establish our ends, but he also gives us glimpses of them through the visions he puts in our hearts. We must pay attention to his work within us so that we will be able to understand more of what he has done from beginning to end. God wants you to see the completion of your vision by knowing that he already planned and established it before you were born. The fact that you were started, this is a good one, the fact that you were started is proof that you are already completed because God always finishes before he starts and accomplishes his purpose. Therefore, instead of striving to fulfill what God has given you to do, you can rely on him to finish it as he allowed, if you allowed him to guide you into the specifics of carrying it out. He says, God wouldn't have allowed you to start your life and your purpose unless you were already completed in eternity. You were born to manifest something that is already finished. You must realize, however, that your end doesn't look anything like your beginning or like any other point in the process for that matter. That is why you must live by faith, looking forward with expectation for what God has already completed. Otherwise, you will believe only what you see with your physical eyes rather than the vision you see in your heart. The fact that you were started is proof that you are already completed because God always finishes before he starts and accomplishes his purpose. The fact that you were started is proof that you were already completed. Right? That's, that's Ephesians 2. It says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. Before the earth was found, was created, you were chosen in Christ. Not only were you chosen, but your work was already determined. Right, so in the beginning, before anything was created, God thought about you. He didn't only just think about you, like what you would look like, you know, when you would be born. But the purpose and the reason of why you exist. He thought about your work before he created you so that he knew exactly what you would need to accomplish what he was creating you for. You see, we were created to succeed. We are not put on this earth 
to try to get people to heaven. We are put on this earth to bring heaven here, right? God who's in the invisible made us from the invisible, but also the visible, so that us connected to the invisible in the visible could take what's in the unseen and bring it into the scene. Your divine nature is to create things of massive value. You are created to work ideas into reality, to take what you can see in your, in your mind and work it so that you can see it with your eyes. This is the whole thing about vision, right? Is, is vision, like Miles says, he says, sight is a function of the eyes where vision is a function of the heart. Right, sight is what you can see, right? That's the right here, right now, the results, your current results, your current, everything. Whatever you can see right here, right now, going to work, you're like, I don't like it, or I don't like who I'm working with, or blah, blah, right? Like, you can see what you have right now. But vision is your ability to see beyond what you have right now and to look to see what you could have. It's only when you have an idea of something new that you can begin, right? That, that, that's the, the seed of creation. If you don't have a picture of what could be, you're stuck with what is, and don't nobody want to be stuck with what is. <laughs> There's that, what's that verse in, in Proverbs? It says, without vision, man perishes, or without vision, man casts off restraint. Vision is necessary because vision is a picture of the future. And so the future is something that we're always working towards creating, right? Because there's nothing that we're doing currently that can't be done better and more efficient. There's nothing that we're doing right now that can't be done better that brings more wholeness and restoration and is operated in greater function. So we always want to be moving towards something. But he says, you know, without vision, man perishes or casts off restraint. Well, re restraint is like self-control, self-discipline. It's holding a course. You know, it's, it's <clears throat> staying on a path. Without vision, there's no commitment, right? Commitment says, <laughs> regardless of the obstacles, the distance, or the cost, like I'm going to reach my end destination. But without vision, there is no end destination. So if you don't have an end destination, you're not trying to get anywhere specific. If you're not trying to get anywhere specific, there's no reason to be disciplined. If there's no reason to be disciplined, then it's just like you just do whatever, you know, pops up. Like just any opportunity is a good opportunity, right? If you're not trying to get somewhere specific, any road will take you there. But when you are trying to get somewhere specific, when you do have a destination, then there's only a couple ways to get there. And if you are trying to accomplish something, then how you spend your time matters. The information you hang out with matters. The people you spend time with matters. Vision is the key to a life of fulfillment. But this, there's, there's a, there's a, pr there's a principle, there's a, a pathway in here that is not super obvious. And misunderstanding this principle can create a lot of confusion. 
I know I have felt this confusion. And it's this, that when you can see the end, it's time to begin. Because what is, what is vision? Vision is a picture of the future. It's, it's, it's a, a picture of the completed project. Right? Where you, you can see yourself in the future already doing the thing that you were called to do. Like you picture yourself already having all those skills, already having all that knowledge, already having everything developed. But if you don't understand that vision, that picture is, is your destination. But if, you know, right now I'm in Colorado. If I wanted to get to New York, right, if I step outside, I'm not like walking down the main strip, right? Like there's, there's a, a, a long road <laughs> to get to that destination. So for an example, right, let's just say I had this dream, right? I think I was in Fiji. And there was this giant mango tree. And um, it was in somebody's backyard. One of the guys who was taking us around was like, oh, let me go see if I can get us some mangoes. And the tree is huge. But it was like, it was easily climbable. But it was massive, right? And the homeowner was like, yeah, but if you're going to get one, get a couple, you got to get them from way high up uh, to leave them the lower ones. And so he climbs up there and gets it. Anyways, I was just thinking about this tree because mangoes are tasty. And so let's just say my dream is to have a mango tree. Mango trees, right? But but like with the end desire to have mangoes, right? And And I start dreaming about all the things that I could do with these mangoes and how I could start a business and make a bunch of money and, you know, I could I could do like uh, dehydrated mangoes. I could do mango pie, uh, mango cookies, smoothies, right? I just start thinking about all the different products I can make with this mango tree. And so I got this vision, right? I got this desire. So I go out. So here's, here's what happens. So I go outside and I start looking for this tree. Because this is what happens, right? You get the vision, you get the picture, and what you see is the completed picture where you're already so far down the road that you're already into what you want to be into. That's vision. So I go outside and I start looking for this tree, and hot dang, I cannot find this tree. <laughs> I'm looking everywhere, right? I'm driving all around. I'm, 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 and I just I cannot for the life of me find this tree. And one day, just by chance, it so seems, I look down, and I've been hunting for this tree for a while. And I'm like, I just, I don't understand where it is. I got the picture. Here's what I want to do. I just have no idea how to get there. I don't know how to do it. But I can see this tree. So I'm just expecting that any moment, I'm going to find this tree, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this business. And one day, I look down. And I see that my fist is clenched. And I open up my hand. And inside of my palm is a mango seed. Right? I had the picture of the completed dream. The, like my dream was matured. That's what I saw, the matured part. 
What I didn't realize is that I, I only had the seed. And what I was seeing was the potential that was inside of the seed. But I didn't realize that. All I can see is this tree. So I'm like, hot dang, where's this tree? Like, let's, let's go. Let's start making, you know, mango pie. But when you can see the end, it's time to begin. You see, it's not time to learn how to make mango pie. No, it's time to learn how to become a farmer. Because if I'm going to grow mango trees, and what I hold in my hand is the seed, I'm in a totally different place right here, right now, than I can see in my mind. And if you don't realize that, it gets super confusing because you go out there and you're looking for that completed thing. But you're not ready for that completed thing. The completed thing is, is, is showing you where you're going. But if you don't understand that, it, it's, it's, <laughs> Ugh, it's, 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 it's really confusing. Because the beginning doesn't look anything like the end. Right? Like, I need to go get a book on how to raise a mango tree, right? Where's the best place to put it? How do I check the pH of the soil, right? Like how do I find out what kind of nutrients are in the soil so this thing grows big and strong and epic, right? So I actually have good tasting fruit, right? Like I need to learn how to become a farmer. But here I was thinking like, no, man, I got to be, I got to, how do you do this business? How do you make these things? And I'm like, it's going to be a while before we start producing mangoes. When you can see the end, it's time to begin. It can be a journey, man, to the fulfillment of a vision. And it's important to understand, right? What about, uh, you know, if we just look at a couple peoples in the Bible, right? You look at Joseph. Joseph had a dream, right? You know, it was it was his his eleven brothers were were bowing down to him. <laughs> that was, then he told his brothers, and his brothers like hated him because he was already the, his father's favorite. But he had this dream, right? He's like, you know, in some ways, somehow, even though he's almost the youngest, right? He's the second youngest. He's like, somehow, everybody's gonna come to need me. And then he has this other dream and he's like the sun and the moon bow down and these 11 sheaves of wheat bow down. And he tells his father and his father's like, what? And he's like, you think you and your, me and your mother are going to bow down to you? And he has this initial like, like offended reaction. But then it says that he goes away, but he kind of kept what Joseph said in his heart. I don't know if you've ever done that before. I know I have. <laughs> you're like, what? And then you go away and you're like, I know there's something there. <laughs> there's something in that message. And um, so what happens, right? Joseph's got this dream that he's about to do something massively significant. The next scene <laughs> is him being sold as a slave. That, I'm going to tell you right now, when you see the end, it's time to begin because that hot dang, if that doesn't seem further from reality. Like it, that, 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 path, that pathway does not seem like it matches up with the vision. But here's the thing. When you can see the end, it's time to begin. And the beginning does not look like the end. 
but there's this road of preparation that is absolutely necessary. Right. Because, you know, there's this idea that it's like, well, if it's meant to be, it'll just be right. Like I saw the mango tree. I'm going to walk out my backyard and there's a full mango tree. That's not that's not how it works. So here's Joseph. Right. He's got this dream and this dream is really to become the ruler. And he comes and he becomes a slave. You couldn't get farther from a ruler <laughs> to be a slave. All right. So he gets sold to some merchants. That's not looking good. And he, then he, now he's in the market as like a good, like as goods, right? Goods are sold. He was, he's just like he's a product. And he gets bought up by Potiphar. It's very fascinating. It's a weird journey. I don't. I don't recommend this one for anybody, but um, <laughs> but it's it's a true depiction of what we're talking about. So he gets bought up by Potiphar, and what what happens? Right? He's he's I don't I don't know how you come to terms with this reality, but he just starts working, and Potiphar notices that everything that Joseph does succeeds. Like, but it's like abnormal, right? It's like it's extravagant. So he notices this. And he's like, what if, what if we take this guy? Cause everything he's doing right here is like multiplying. What if we put him in charge of everything? And maybe there was like a, you know, a, a pathway to this. Maybe he was in charge of one thing and then he gave him like a couple things and like all those things started to multiply. So then he's like, all right, well let's put him in charge of everything. And what happens? Everything he does multiplies because God is with Joseph. So everything that Joseph touches his hands to, everything that he is responsible for increases. Well, what's happening? Well, one, he's gaining wisdom and knowledge, right? He's gaining understanding and instruction. He's learning how to handle somebody's entire estate well what's a country it's kind of like an estate right because in an estate you got you got animals you got uh, farming you got business you got management of people right you got management of funds and resources right what's he doing he's 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 preparing for where he's going but it'd be really easy to overlook that right because this doesn't look like the end. So then the only thing that that Joseph doesn't have in the estate <laughs> is Potiphar's wife. But Potiphar's wife starts to have the hots for Joseph. And anyway, she she, you know, tries to sleep with him and he's like, heck no. He's like, I got this good thing going on, and the master doesn't, you know, keep anything from me. Whatever he wants, he gets. <clears throat> And so he's like, no, I don't want to ruin that. And she, you know, she tries to grab hold of him and he runs out and she's still holding his tunic. She ripped it off him. And all right. So now she says, oh, he raped me, which he didn't. And then Potiphar gets pissed as you would and um, puts him in jail. Oh, my gosh. This is getting worse. What's worse than slavery? In well, I don't know, but it's like what's another what's another layer or level, um, seemingly disconnected uh, from ruling. 
and thus becoming a prisoner. But the strangest thing happens. Joseph, somehow in prison, shows the value that he has to manage people and to take care of things, and he gets put in charge of the entire prison. I don't know how. I don't know how that happens. But everywhere he goes, everything Joseph touches is blessed. And so, anyways, he's there for a while in prison, running everything. And uh, then, you know, you got the the baker and the cupbearer. They end up in prison, and they have dreams, and Joseph interprets dreams. And what happens? What's he doing? He's practicing. He's preparing. Why? Because then what's the couple years later, this ain't... <laughs> There's, sometimes there's a timing thing to this, but a couple years later, Pharaoh has a dream. What's Joseph do? He ends up interpreting that dream, right? Everything he was doing since he had that dream was in preparation of the fulfillment of that dream. But the pathway didn't look anything like what he saw. But that pathway did prepare him to be able to actually achieve what he saw, right? If you think about David, David gets anointed king, but then does not become king, right? He's, he, he, he plays music in for the king, for King Saul in the palace or whatever they had at that time, but he's playing music. So this is very interesting because he's very close to what he's called to do except that the king starts to despise David, right? Because David kills Goliath and everybody's attributing to David more than they're contributing to Saul. Cause Saul, see poor Saul. And we talked about this in, um, in another podcast, but poor Saul had no preparation. Holmes just didn't have the character. He didn't have the stamina. He didn't have the will uh, to do what he was called to do. He just got just chosen because he looked like what the people asked for when they asked for a king. So this poor guy, (laughs) you know, does more sitting than he does acting. And so anyways, David kills Goliath. And then everybody's like, oh, David's killed his ten thousands and Saul is thousands. And so Saul's like, wait, what? I'm the king, but you guys are like him more. So now Saul wants to kill David, and so he throws a spear at him a few times. And David eventually starts to flee, right? So it, it seemed like he was getting groomed, right? Because he was, I mean, he was with the king. But then the king wanted to kill him. So he gets driven away from the palace, right? When you can see the end, it's time to begin. So what happens? David gets David flees, go to this, goes to this cave. And then the strangest thing happens. <laughs> you get like these 400 people, everybody with problems. So these are people who are also fleeing, right? Because they got debts or they got this or they got that. You got people with problems who haven't been able to manage their own lives very well. All come and hang out with David in this cave and they become his, his men. This is weird because I about guarantee you this is not a lovely environment created by all these people. (laughs) I find it interesting. But David learns how to lead people. He goes on campaigns. He goes and he fights. 
That's interesting. At one point, he goes to the Philistines and uh, goes and lives in their territory. And, you know, the Philistines were gonna were going to war with Israel. And David's like, bro, let's roll. You'll be able to see what I can actually do. And uh, he didn't actually end up getting to go fight. But he comes back, and um, him and his man, and they find out that all their their stuff and their their wives and children have all been uh, taken captive by this raiding party, and everybody's ready to kill David because they're like, "This is your fault. You know, you led us here, and look at all this terrible stuff." Everybody freaks out, but David doesn't. David goes, and he and it says he strengthens himself in the Lord. What's he doing? See, he's freaking preparing to reign. And he says, look, let's saddle up our ponies, and let's go get our families. Right? He first, he first consults God and says, hey, man, should we go after these people? He's like, yeah, go after them. So he goes after them, right? He's learning his process. He's preparing for what? for for his kingdom and they go out there and you know you got some people who who were so tired and weary that they just stayed with the bags then everybody else left and went and fought this the people who took all their stuff and then they come back and the guys who went were kind of freaking out he's like hey these people who didn't actually come and fight they shouldn't get you know any of the spoil they should just get their 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 family back and David's like no man even to the people who stay with the bags get a share of the spoil what's he doing he's preparing he's learning how to deal with conflict he's learning how to think how to make decisions he's preparing but the beginning doesn't look like the end right what about Noah right Noah Noah gets told hey man God says bro it's gonna rain we're gonna wipe everybody out except for you and your family Go build this ark. Right? Well, Noah gets this this vision, this this dream, or whatever, encounter with God. And the next day, you know what? It's bright, it's bright and sunny. And there's no boat. <laughs> because when you can see the end, it's time to begin. Right? It, it, it's not time to learn to become a sailor. It's time to learn how to build a massive boat. <laughs> it took him 500 years to build that boat. Dang, you want to talk about a process. <laughs> when you can see the end, it's time to begin. So the beginning does not look like the end. It doesn't. But it's important to be able to see the end, to see the future. You know, because like right now with what I'm doing is very fascinating. Because what I'm doing right now is taking me on the pathway. I, I believe really of the it, it's leading me to the stage of be transformed. And I don't know how and it doesn't even matter. It's like that's. I can see that what I'm doing now will take me to the future. And with that, I understand that the only way to get to the future is to do what I can see, to do now what I can see I'm supposed to do right here, right now. 
Like, I just know that what I'm doing is going to take me to the future. I don't know how, and it do, I don't even care because, because I understand that what I'm doing right now is going to take me there. So if I focus right here, right now, and do the work that I need to do right now, that's going to prepare me and take me to where I'm going. Right? It's like knowing the season you're in is super important because it's like, all right, if I can see the end, it's time to begin. That means I, 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 I can see where I'm going, but I, I, right now doesn't look like that at all. Well, that means then that right now is preparing me for the future. So what is it in this season that I meant to learn or develop or create? What kind of discipline do I need to apply to be able to continue to become whom I, who I am created to become? Like how, how, do I, how do I develop the skills that I see in the future, right? I can see myself doing something, and I, but in that picture, I'm already skillful. Well, what am I actually doing and how do I, because I, I got to become skillful in that. I have to become who I see because I am currently not that person, but I'm working towards becoming that person. That's, see, that's what's fascinating about vision is it gives you insight into your potential. It gives you insight into what it is that you're created to become and what you are, what you were designed to build and create on earth. And because we can see that, we actually have direction for our life. See, we are not meant to be people who are aimless, right? People without aim. You are meant to be a good shot. <laughs> that means you have a specific target and you're working towards achieving that. So principle number one is that when you can see the end, it's time to begin. And the beginning doesn't look like the end, right? Because we got to grow in those skills. The second principle is that the only way to turn an idea into a reality is to work it into existence. I know of no other way to turn an idea into a reality without work. I, I, we were in a, recently in another country, we were in a country in Central Asia, and there was a story from like the second generation uh, believer and she was saying that her parents um, met these missionaries and these missionaries came out and part of their message was work is evil or it's unholy and you shouldn't work and I'm like my God. and and I and we kind of got a taste of that in our in the training we were doing you know because usually in a training we do you when you, because we actually build a system, and that's like the hardest part <laughs> of running our system is the building part. To actually run it's not not crazy at all, but to build it takes effort. And you know, in a training, you usually find a couple people who wander off during the build part, and then you know they pop in, they come in, they come out, and but there's usually enough people, and it, it just doesn't matter. Everybody disappeared. I was like, what the heck? I mean, look, the conditions weren't great. It was hot. It was super hot. But it's like my mentality is very different, right? Because I came there to do something. I got vision. But people wandered off. And then when I heard this story that there was this message that went out that said work is bad. And I'm like, what a demonic message. 
that message seeks to undercut and undermine God's original intent. And I was just like, I, what? I was like, I don't know any other way to turn an idea into reality without work. Right? It, to live on purpose means you got to develop a strong work ethic. There is just no other way around it. It is not. It take you you're gonna have to build it. This idea that it's like, well, if it's meant to be, it'll just be, you know, it's like, well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna try this, and if it succeeds, then I know it was God. Right. And if it doesn't work, well, and the door shuts, well, you know, when God shuts a door, he opens the second story window. It's just like that's 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 garbage. What you do matters. Remember, God finished it in the spiritual, but then once he finishes in the spiritual, then he he finds somebody to make it manifest in the visible. Right. God called Noah. He said, bro, you need to make about 500 years to build the ark. The ark did not just appear. Noah built it. David didn't just become king. He went through a process. God could have just made him king. Bam, boom. Could have killed Saul right there and there. No, he had to work for it. He had to become. He had to develop. Same with Joseph. God could have just made him ruler of Egypt. but That's not what he did. He went through a process. To take ourselves out of the equation is to be completely ignorant of who God is, who we are, what this life is about, and how to get into it on purpose. So here at BT, we all know (laughs) that vision requires work. Therefore, we know how to work. All right. So we got, when you can see the end, it's time to begin. Two, (laughs) you have got to have a solid work ethic because there's no other way to turn an idea into reality without work. All right. Then the third principle which is when you when you can see new results right when you when 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 you start to discover that 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 potential that's inside of you 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 could see what you could create you could see what you become when you want these new results you are going to have to do new things right because if we keep doing the same things the same way we're going to get the same results now everybody says oh yeah yeah oh that's the definition of insanity yeah everybody knows it but no but not everybody has enough awareness to see that actually playing out in their lives right where they want new results but they're like you know but they don't see that they're doing the same thing the same way but this is just another principle that we have to understand because right now we have a, a pattern of, of living, right? Like you wake up probably at a certain time and then you do certain things when you wake up, right? You, you have a way that you spend your days. So for example, right? So b- before I went on this trip, this, this Central Asia trip, I would, uh, I had, I had a, a pretty consistent schedule and it really just involved of uh, me in my office with my wife and we're just like creating these documents, creating some procedures. And we, you know, we do our kind of normal business and then we'd get into making these procedures. Well, I come back from this training and I'm like, man, we got, there's a project I got to get it. I got to get done like immediately. And then I got two weeks to prepare 
for this next training. And I'm like, if I do, and I'm just thinking about this, I'm thinking about vision, I'm thinking about everything. I'm like, if I do what I did before I went to that Central Asia training, I will not get done the things I need to get done because I have to do new things to be able to prepare uh, for what I'm doing. So I, I mean, I literally had this conversation with myself. I'm like, if I do the same thing the same way, I'm going to get I, like those results that I got before were very necessary, but I need different results now, which means I have to spend my time differently. So the way we're spending our time right now is probably pretty habitual, right? Where like you wake up at the same time. You have the same morning routine. You eat your breakfast. You go to work. You come back. Maybe you you exercise or you watch some TV, and then you go to bed, and then you do it again. All right, so then you wake up in the morning, and you read your, do your same morning routine. You do your same breakfast, go to work, come back, watch some TV, relax, and then go to bed. All right, well, now you got this desire to accomplish something else, to create something. And so you're thinking about it, and you're dreaming about it, but then at the end of the day, you already have your habit of how you're spending your time. So you get up in the morning, you do your same routine, you eat your breakfast, you go to work, you come back, you chill out, watch TV and go to bed. But you got this, but then you got this nagging picture in your mind, right? Because you got this desire to create something new. The problem is, is, is there's a disconnect between what you're doing and what you need to do to be able to create what you see. Because you have to overcome this, this, this old pattern. But the, 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 the pattern is very familiar. It's very comfortable. And sometimes it can feel very uncomfortable to break it, like almost like you're doing something wrong. But in order to create the new results, you have got to change how you do what you're doing. You have to spend your time differently. Maybe you need to wake up an hour earlier. Maybe you need to watch a little less TV and use, you know, a half hour, hour or whatever to start working on this new idea. But in order to start to create new results, you have got to start to do new things. And you can't, and it's not just doing the new thing once. It's doing that new thing with repetition and consistency over time so that you create a new habit and a new pattern. Because when you want to do new things, you've got to do new things. When you want new results, you have to change what you're currently doing. Because what you're currently doing is already producing the results that you have. So you're going to have to change that pattern and cultivate a pattern that produces your new results. See, you've got to become the architect of your life. But this is fabulous, man. And this is what it looks like to live on purpose is that you have a specific destination. You have something specific you're working towards creating. And then you, you intentionally choose your activities with discipline to be able to create what you want. That's how you're living on purpose because everything you do, you're doing it out of the clear intention of what it is that you want to create. This is how you begin to lead your life. This is how you take higher levels of responsibility, right? Where we get out of this mindset that it's just going to happen and we start understanding that God put us on this earth to help create it and make it happen. This is our role. This is who we are. So, to sum up, when you can see the end, my good peoples, it's time to begin. There is no other way to turn an idea into reality except with work. So you've got to have 
a solid work ethic. And the only way to really develop that work ethic is to work it, is to exercise it. And when you can see new results, you're going to have to change some of the way you spend your time because you've got to carve out space in your day to begin to do new activities to be able to create new results. My good peoples, the proof of your existence, the fact that you exist is proof that you are already completed in the spiritual. God first determined what you would do, and then he began. There is no mistake that you were created to do something amazing in this life right here, right now. My good peoples, it is an absolute pleasure to be kicking it with you. Until next time, peace!